the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I'm not The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Conversation anyway. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm alright. Tired. Tired of what? Um, I just, I walked so much yesterday. Oh, at the convention? Yes. Good lord. Um, so, um, why'd you go to the convention? I didn't even know you were going until you were like, I'm in Atlanta. And I was like, secret keeper. Um, my buddy Robert, he's... Gossip? Yeah, he's in the middle of... Well, not in the middle. He actually has already started it. Um, kind of starting his own uh, comic book online service thing. Oh, yeah. They has got... Yeah. And uh, so he's kind of gotten into collecting, and even if half the time it's to resell. Um, so he wanted to go, and he had sent me a message like two weeks ago. He's like, do you want to go? I was like, I don't know, man. I really can't spend the money. And then he sent me another message. He was like, hey, I got his tickets. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm going. Did he like cover your place to stay and everything? Uh, no, we just went Sunday. I stayed at my buddy Tom's house. Saturday, because I was like, well, if I'm going down, he lives in Cumming, Georgia. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I'm going to go down there, I'll see what Tom's doing. And he was like, you want to come down Saturday and just stay for the, the day? And then I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So yeah. turned into a whole weekend. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, what'd you do this weekend? What'd I do this weekend? What day is it? <laughs> um, what'd I do this weekend? Um... Saturday was a day. Oh, I got together with family. That's what we did. Um, so my so Ezra has a hard time with his uncle uh, for no good reason. I think it's basically Tommy, my uncle, looks nothing like anyone else in the family, which I think is the issue he has with you as well. Um, and so you need to grow a beard. That would be step one. Um, well then we'll always have this problem but anyway I've been trying to be proactive about letting Ezra see Tommy more because we would just go like we'd have a bad experience and I'd be like screw it and I'd go a month without seeing him because it's so much work and it's so exhausting and and like negative Um, but I was like this is is not the right way the right way is constant small meetings that go well so Ezra knows he's not going to get kidnapped and then you know we'll get him we'll get him there um, so we had a, we got my aunt together with her mom cause Ezra likes both of them. And we all just met at the park early Saturday morning. And by the end of it, um, my aunt and Tommy were by themselves with Ezra, putting him up, pushing him on the swings. It was like a really good thing. Like from like Ezra can't even be looked at by Tommy to they're like high five and as he swings. So, so it was really good. We did that. And then, um, Katie, did some stuff. I don't know. I hung out with Ezra. Oh, Katie went out with my aunt later that afternoon. That's what they did. They went to have cheese. Um, so here in Chattanooga, there's a place 
that is um there's this uh meme i mean memes wrong i hate the word meme it's just ugh. but um but there is a um fad for cheese where there's a cheese wheel and then you scrape it off and then it's actually like melty cheese on the inside and they just pour it on top of stuff it's and so like these videos have been going around everywhere about this just cheese wheel craze it's all over the world and so chattanooga now has a cheese place that does this once a week because it's apparently like a very involved process so they went and got awesome melty cheese um and i hung out with ezra and so yeah i did that yay (laughs) i mean it's always it's got to be nice to spend time with your kid that isn't like i come home we eat dinner i'm like all right time to go to bed no, it is. You're super robot-y right now. I'm trying to figure out if it's my Here. connection. Do I sound bad? No. Yeah, it's super like Cybertron. Let's see. Yeah, like every time it's it's only when you talk, but when you start to talk, it just fuzzes out on me. I don't. I'm sure it's not recording that way. It's got to be a digital thing. Yeah, that worries me though. I was having some problems with my USB ports, so. Hold on, let me change ports. Okay. Hello? Is that any better? 100,000% better. Okay, it must have been the connection. Sorry. So anyway, no, I don't know. Are you going to edit that together? (coughs) As As long as I don't sound like a robot, yes. Okay. Um, So um, the last thing you said was about me and Ezra, and I agree. So I think more what I was trying to say was like for my exciting plans to report to anybody else that would find it interesting, I don't really have those, but Ezra and I did hang out a ton this weekend. Um, and it was awesome because having had a week off with him and then going back to work, it was terrible. And I actually like love my job, but it was just awful to go back to work. Um, and so it was very nice to uh, just be with my kid. So we did that a lot. And then Katie, Saturday um, tried to give me some, it was really funny. She was like, you do so much for me and let me have these like time to myself and do things. So I'll take Ezra this morning, Sunday, and you just like get some you time. And I finished a movie. I'd started Saturday. I cleaned up a little bit, took a shower. I was like, Hey, where are you guys at? I'll just meet you. Cause I just, it wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> so, so it worked out. So what game are you playing? Oh shoot. It's by the mic, isn't it? I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. Um, it's, you don't have uh, to stop. I'm curious what game you're playing. Oh, Battlefront. What's the Star Wars one? Battlefront. Battlefront Two. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I've got to get that. Yeah, I haven't played it in forever, and then I put it in, and it's got like a million single player things, and I was like, ooh, I could play this, but now I can't since it's clicking, and I can't get it away from the mic. So I'm done playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At least you called me out on it and didn't tell me like an hour in. Uh, that would have been awesome (laughs) that would have made me so upset (laughs) but anyway so yeah so it was a a quiet weekend um but not bad i watched the movie sense and sensibility last night for the first time the 95 one from ang lee or ang lee it was fantastic really i laugh so much it's very funny (laughs) it's really intentionally very funny and then has a great solid ending it was very good i've just avoided it i generally like any of his movies I've seen and for whatever reason I'm just like I don't know man no I've had the same thing because I I generally like movies of that type Um, I am you know a Downton Abbey fan Um, how excited are you 
Uh, yeah, not very because I, like they ended so poorly. It's like, what more could you want to really do? Give me a, a two hours terribleness in the theater. So I'm not super excited. But um, but I think that like and Merchant Ivory films maybe are a better qualitative standard of other things I like that are like this. And so I've like it's got a great cast. It's Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman and yeah, Kate Winslet back in the day and um, and like I feel like like everything about it says I should have liked it but I never watched it. And so we put it on last night and there's a podcast I like a lot and they're doing the films of Ang Lee right now. And this was this week's movie. I was like, all right, this is the time to finally do it. Plus stars has the mission impossible one and two movies to watch. So bear with me on this so I can get my seven day free trial with of stars on my Amazon channels. So then I can watch Sense and Sensibility for free, and then I watch the first two Mission Impossible movies. I never had to pay for any of it, and I already canceled my Stars trial. And so it just all worked out as like a perfect storm of happy as I get ready for Mission Impossible next week, because the only two movies of the series I don't own are the first two. Yeah. So there you go. So, so Sense and Sensibility, though, is great, and if you get a Stars membership on the Amazon channels, it's free. Uh, if you, I mean, if you know your way around things, anything's free. <laughs> well, it's legally free, and I only had to like sit on my couch. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll watch it one day. But I, I mean, hell, I don't watch any movies anymore. Actually, this weekend that's not true. I watched a lot of movies this weekend. You did a Jeff, um, Jeff Goldblum thing, right? Yeah. So we watched you... the worst Jeff Goldblum movies you could possibly watch, but it was fun. What all did you watch? Uh, Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Then we watched, uh, well, not the worst. Jurassic Park and Thor Ragnarok are both very good movies. And then we watched uh, The Lost World, which is terrible. But, see, I remember the whole movie being terrible, and I don't know the last time I revisited it. It was probably like four or five years ago. And I, I just could not get myself into the frame of mind to watch it. So it was one of those I put it on and like did stuff while it was playing. Um, but like I sat down and watched it. The first like hour of that movie, outside of like, oh look, this kid found her way on and is just tagging along, is really not that bad. I haven't seen it since I think I saw it in theaters. Like I think that's the last time I watched it. I mean, it's still not good. It's not anywhere near the first Jurassic Park, but it's not that bad. The last half of that movie is god awful. And it's got to be better than Crystal Skull. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and that's just not happening. <laughs> so, not like not even if I'm like, oh, I'm so stoked for the new movie. I'm gonna marathon all of them. That one is not. I would rather watch all of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles than sit through that again. I would love to watch those. I've never seen all of them. I would love to watch those. I, I think though, when like Ezra's like seven or something or eight and is like really into it, then I think about watching them. I don't think I want to do it on my own. So yeah, Lost World, and then we watched um, Independence Day, which doesn't hold up at all, but is still so much fun. And then, I love Independence Day. Uh, me too. It's it's a big stupid movie. And it's the first movie I saw more than once in a theater. Really? Yeah, I saw it every day the week opening weekend. I would, I mean, I would, we have an age difference, so I would have been 
in I think second or third grade when it came out. Um, so it's not like I had a lot of opportunity to do this, but I remember my mom took me Friday night cause I've been waiting so long to see it. I loved it. And then I saw it the next morning with a neighbor kid who was going, no, me and my mom went the next morning again. I think we both went. And then the, that later that afternoon on Saturday. So twice in one day on that Saturday, I'm pretty sure we went to go see it. Wow. I loved it. Big fan. Yeah. I've been a fan ever since he's not lived up to it very often since. <laughs> no, but he did have a really solid run there for no, he did like a decade almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started like, like I, I want meaty roles, and really the only one of those that was any good. Well, I never saw Ali, but the only one of those that was any good that I saw was the Pursuit of Happiness. So, and it wasn't great; it was just good. So yeah, no, that was good. Ali was good. The scene in the bathroom that's like the tearjerker scene in Pursuit of Happiness. It is very good. Like it's it it works, um, and so um, but yeah, no, I agree. I wish that he um, could have found better meaty roles. It's I, I don't want to begrudge him what his desire was, but like I he sh- I wish he had done it more successfully, so we could have at least had more good Will Smith rather than just sort of weird, non-working passion projects. Well, see, it's weird because like I to me, The Rock almost kind of followed that model only he was a wrestler instead of a a rapper and he's done some kind of dramatic stuff but he seems to have just found his comfort zone and stuck with it Mm -hmm. and like just do that i don't you know i understand you want to like i want to win an oscar i i mean it's not gonna happen man (laughs) So. He'll do it. I think he'll do it when he's much older. Yeah, I could see I think, that. I think he'll come out with like, and it'll be like a best supporting actor Oscar. And then we watched uh, the second Independence Day, which is I've never seen that. I couldn't bring myself to do it. It is what um, it's it's weird because I think it came out the same year Jurassic World did. Am I wrong about that? Maybe that sounds right, but I'm not positive. But it sounds right. And like the same way Jurassic World was like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? And like bringing back all these things that you loved about the first one, like it did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like, this, this is stupid. Give me a movie. Don't give me like a bunch of old references to the old movie. Like, not even like bringing back the characters there's a shot of a dog escaping a fire really yes oh my goodness I'm like is it in a tunnel <laughs> uh n- mm, i don't remember if it's in the tunnel or not but it's almost the same shot with a different dog I'm like this is ridiculous man um, so do you want to hear something weird sure so your so our signal's kind of still kind of funky. I can hear you because when you started fiddling with it earlier, like I couldn't hear you at all. But you are sounding kind of robotic to me right now. Um, but so I looked at my Wi-Fi to see like if I have a weird signal or something, and I have this list. And there is a so there my network is Howard, um, and we have two Howard networks because we have the gig internet. So one is for that, and one is just sort of regular bandwidth. Um, but there is a third network in my list of like what's around my neighborhood 
and one of them is J ampersand K Howard. And my first name is John. That's spooky. I think someone's trying to, to intercept. I said they heard about you know the free ways to get movies, and they said we're going to get them. <laughs> Luckily, I'm too lazy for all that. See, it's weird because I have like perfect signal. No, I have I have great signal now. Like, I don't see any issue on my end. This just sucks Everything. that I sound robotic. Yeah, at least I can understand you though. Like I I, I lost the understanding earlier. It worries me. This that is what it's, it's like to talk to a droid. <laughs> It worries me that it's recording that way. Do you want us to uh, pause and you listen real quick? Like you want us to hang up and maybe that'll also fix our signal? Sure, let's try that again. It's going to be a piecemeal podcast. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be a good long run at the end. I'm going to hang up and then I'm going to change my network too, just in case. And okay. you just call me back whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. Hey, you actually do sound better. But that you sounded better last time for like 10 seconds. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Oh man! How'd the recording go? Was it sounding bad? Yeah, it's recording me fine. Oh, that's good so, at least. But yeah, but if you can't understand what I'm saying, it doesn't really make for. <laughs> well, I can now. Uh, um. Anyway, so yeah, Jeff Jeff Goldblum movie marathon, and then I watched part of the Last Jedi Sunday before I left Tom's house and went to the convention. So. Which part? First part or last part? The worst part. Aww. It's your least favorite thing that's actually not as bad as you say it is. Uh, yeah. And it's not nearly as long as it feels like when I talk about it. Because it feels like it goes on for like 45 minutes. And it's probably only like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, the second time I saw it in the theater. Because, I mean, in all fairness, the can- Canto Bites, what we're talking about, if people can't guess or people are being snarky. Um, but, um, like, the second time I saw it, I was because that was my least favorite part of the whole film as well. And the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is not as bad. And by, like, the third time, I was like, yeah, it's not. It's nothing. It's it's a blip that now I actually kind of love because I love the long shot to the casino, and it's yeah. worth it for that. The, the, the line where uh, he says, uh, well, at least it was worth it, and she takes the saddle off the yak horse thing and sends it off and goes, she goes, no, now it's worth it. Like, no, it's not. Because, like, your friends are still running out of gas and they're all going to die and you're about to wind up in jail. It was not worth it at all. <laughs> Ooh, just dropped something on the mic. So after you fix your issue, I'm going to break my mic. Um no, yeah, it was worth it. She's great, and it's all great, and just whatever. She is great, but that that line is horrible. <laughs> so my only thought is, here's my big hang-up with that line, is not anything that you said, but it is, can they not just go out and, like, recapture the things? Like, it's what they do. Why yeah. can't the thandrils or whatever, why can't they just go catch them again? Yeah, they can. So you really didn't even set them free. You probably and... just made it the owners <laughs> mad, and the owners are going to kick them more. Yeah. So, you didn't make anything better. (laughs) They made their hearts better. Oh, man. They made Finn understand a little more what his role in the galaxy will be. So, this was like, this was like fridging, but for Finn's heart instead of Deadpool's. Okay. Do you know what fridging is? Yeah. Okay, cool. It makes sense in my head. 
Yeah, your so, your girl kind of coined that term, right? Yeah, Gail Simone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, oh, God, what's this? Ron Mars put Green Lantern's girlfriend in a fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To motivate him, to give him random motivation. Yeah. I, I, it, I'm not knocking Gail Simone, and I do think it's a stupid trope, but, like, blaming it on that particular thing is really, really dumb in my eyes. You mean the instance on Green Lantern, you mean? Yes. I don't think it's like, hey, this is the time it became a thing. I, I think it's just she reacted to it happening for the millionth time on that instance. So it's become an example, an easy example, um, and a very easy coinable term. But I don't think it's really, like, blamed on just that. It's not – I mean, it's different in the sense that, like, the character's dead. But it's not much different than, like, hey, the mustache-twirling villain – is going to kidnap the girl and tie her to the train tracks to, you know, kill her and get at the hero. And no, I agree. It's just that's a lot of words compared to fridging. You're right. So <laughs> it also helps that Ron Mars is a total dick. So oh, is he? I didn't even know that. I, well, there you go. Absolutely. For, well, from what interactions I've seen with him, he seems like a total prick. So it's just like, whatever, man. I used to love... Uh, the like the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, I mm-hmm. loved that like that whole run. I love that character, and like finding out that he's just kind of a douchebag, it really sucks. <laughs> I um I was at my uh, local comic book store, um, and picking up some books last week and picked up Plastic Man number two, the Gail Simone's miniseries, and the the we I have like the politest. Let me rephrase. So, because I don't, what if they ever listen to this? I'm not going to do that. Um, because I'll probably be like, I talked about you guys. So, I have the uh, one of the most polite guys who work there, like who's I've ever experienced at a comic book store, like Mr. Pat or, or Pat, I should say, I'm an adult now, but Pat at the Columbus, uh, or I guess Columbus Comics, where we're from, is fantastic, but he's like super personable too. So, it's not just about like being polite, it's, it's something different and like a next level. He's like family. This guy, Ian, at um, Infinity Flux here in Chattanooga is, like, the most polite person I've ever spoken to. Like, just so nice and polite. And anyway, so he goes, so do you like Plastic Man? Like, just very casually and very politely. I was like, well, I don't really have a big affinity for the character. I just read anything that Gail Simone writes these days. And he went, oh, okay. And he was, and he goes, a lot of people really dislike Plastic Man. They tell me about it all the time. And I was just curious if you really liked Plastic Man. It was like the most nice interaction. It was like the opposite of Twitter where it'd be like, why the hell do you read that? Plastic Man sucks. And it, instead it was like, do you like him? Many people say bad things about him, but I'm glad you like him. <laughs> it was like the nicest interaction. And it gave me faith in real people who are nerds. The weirdest part of that statement is that you would think if someone is buying Plastic Man, they're like, oh, obviously they like Plastic Man. Unfortunately, you're dealing with people who read comics, so that's not true at all. (laughs) Right. That's actually, that's a good observation. That's really true. I never even thought about that. It just made perfect sense that you would ask me. But, yeah. Huh. Because nerds ruin everything. What, what comics do you buy of people you don't like? 
characters you don't like. Do you ever do that anymore? Or did you ever do it? Not characters I don't like. Um, I was not a big fan of Jerry Dugan's run on Deadpool, even mm-hmm. though he's now the longest writer, or the longest run on the character, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, he wound up wrapping it up really, really well. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. He kind of like Back to the Future Part 2 the whole run. Uh-huh. And so that I'm a big fan of that. So I was like, oh, that that was cool. So it's kind of forgiven, but still I would buy the book and read it and go, yeah, I'm not loving this. Like almost all of it I did not like. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, he wrote the book for like six years <laughs> or yeah. five years or something like that. But I'm a fan of the character. So that makes sense. You know, it's like, well, I don't love the run, but I collect and I'd like to have all of the Deadpool books, so I'm not going to not buy it. But I also didn't bitch and complain about it to everybody, whether they wanted to hear my thoughts or not. So I really hated the countdown in 52 thing that DC did, but I like once I started, I just couldn't stop and I hated myself every time I bought an issue and I hate myself even more these days when like all of those issues are in the quarter bins. Yeah, how much money did you spend? I bought it weekly at the real cost. (laughs) So there you go. Do that math. Even the dog thinks you're crazy. (laughs) Is he barking at the, uh, or is it he or she in your house? She. Is she she barking at the storm? It's thundering out here. Um, No, probably barking... Because somebody has food and will not give her the food. Oh, tough life, tough life. Yeah, this dog apparently is starving constantly. Tell that dog I don't have dinner because I couldn't even make up my mind on what to eat, so I just gave up. That's sad. That's how I am sometimes. (laughs) Sad. My stomach will just tell me no. No, you're eating something. Hey, Um, I did my most parenting thing besides being an actual parent today. What was that? I went to an interview, which I would loosely call it this, um, an interview for a childcare program for my son today. How weird did that feel? It was bizarre because they're like telling you about the structure of the day and the lesson plan and I have to talk about how they discipline because ain't nobody hitting my kid or I'll be hitting them and had to talk about all sorts of stuff and I'm like, have my kid with me and you can tell they're definitely like feeling us out as much as they're feeling Ezra out like do we want to deal with these parents you know and um, also they were because his birthday's in September so he's on the cusp of like the age cutoffs so there's a class for two to three year olds and he turns three this September there's a class for three to four year olds so we're trying to prove that like hey he's also kind of advanced in his age mentally Um, and so um, he's (laughs) just got to get his verbal caught up with it that's what? putting it lightly. What do you mean? I've watched your kid, like, and and this was what eight or nine months ago. Mm-hmm. Walk up to a chair, pull it away from the table, pull it towards the the refrigerator, climb on it, get in the freezer, take something out of the freezer, pull Waffles. the chair over to the <laughs> toaster oven, open the toaster <laughs> oven, and put him in the toaster oven. And if he knew what to set the toaster oven on, he would have done that too. It's usually because we scream at him at that point, like, don't touch the buttons. Because <laughs> we know that's going to be what kills him. So, um, yeah, no, that's so yes. Okay, I try not to brag because I don't want to be that guy. 
And plus, then people automatically assume your kid's stupid if you overbrag. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to brag. But yeah, he's a smart kid. He doesn't talk a lot, though, because he's the only child and socializes usually one-on-one with kids. And and so and when kids are one on one, in my opinion, there's a lot more of like, let's just do and play because it's just two of us to work it out. But when there's like a group, you got to like yell at each other and figure stuff out. Right. And so um, so he's not super verbal. He's he's talked. He's talking a lot more. You haven't seen this version of him. But anyway, so I got him in there. He does like his color mixing. Like I can say, what does black and white make? And he'll go gray. And what does red and blue make? And he'll go purple. Things like that. So like I had to get him like comfortable and then kind of made him perform a little bit. And um, by the end of it, they were like, yeah, three to four for sure. No question. Like they really liked him and it worked out. So hopefully he um, she's got to confer with one other teacher um, because they are kind of breaking the rule to put him in this based on his birthday. But as long as they both agree, it's not a problem. So uh, one of them is convinced and hopefully they'll convince the other. But, yeah, I felt like a weird adult doing this whole thing um and then i worked from home afterwards because i can do that and i also i was like i feel so professional and adulty and now boring is my life over logan <laughs> no now you can live vicariously through your son whatever the kid's gonna be like dad can i go to dragon con I'm like no <coughs> you were bad i'm going uh, great forget dragon con man i don't think i'll ever go back how was the so okay so how what was the convention like that you went to because it was like at the convention center right it was at the world congress center congress center that's right okay yeah. so that's a big place i've been there one time it, it is it was in uh, one of the small smaller halls they had a ton of vendors just a ton was uh, it books or toys or everything okay everything uh it was well you've never been to heroes con have you Mm-mm. It was a lot like Heroes Con, only they also had celebrities. Uh, Sean Astin was there. Uh, weirdly enough, we didn't see any of the celebrities that were there because I guess they were all doing panels okay. on Sunday and doing like pictures and autographs later in the day. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to see anybody. Um, but, I mean, that's not what I was there for. Eh. It was fairly reasonable. Like, autographs from most of them were $50. Uh, picture was $50. Unless you bought, like, the pass that gave you, like, access to so many people or whatever. Um, which, to most people, that probably sounds like a lot. But, eh, I mean, uh, some of these guys, that's the only way they really make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when your only income is to go from convention to convention and charge 150 people $50 a pop for an autograph, then, I mean, that's what you got to do. Ray Park was there. I really wanted to see Ray Park. Oh, that would have been cool. I didn't get to. This is two conventions I've been to with Ray Park was there, and I did not get to see him. I've seen him. Is he as short in person as I imagine him to be? (laughs) I was super, I was super well, I was young um, when I saw him. I was probably 14 or 15, um, and I saw him from a distance. So I was not a very, I'm not a tall person now, but I was a very short teenager. Um, so to me, he seemed like average height, so I really have no context in reality. And I saw him at a distance, and so I don't know, honestly. Um, I just remember being like, oh, that's Darth Maul. I don't like the prequels. I'm a teenager who's going to have problems. Whatever. Cool. Bye. And that's that. That's kind of what my internal monologue was. And I didn't. I didn't you see were it. Anakin Skywalker. I was. I hate sand and Dragon Con. It's all. It's scratchy. Um, I that's did my meet, Anakin impression. <laughs> I did meet Joe Jusco. 
um, who is a comic book uh, professional. He's a painter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what anybody might know him from. Well, he does he famous a, for painting. Uh, like everything. Um, there is a Spider Man. There is a series uh, back in the '90s of Marvel masterpieces trading cards. That yes, was that's just what I know. All him. Mm-hmm. Those are and beautiful. They recently, like, used those images as variant covers for like a whole month, and um, he had these large prints that basically looked like giant corner boxes of those images, like the Marvel, the long rectangular Marvel corner box that they used to have. Uh-huh. So it was those painted images from that masterpiece set. And uh, they were 20 bucks, and uh, I, I was not going to buy one. But before we left, I had $20. So I was like, oh, F it. I'm going to go over there and see who he's got. And no Deadpool, but that's okay. Uh, he did have Cable, though. So Oh, cool. Cable I is can... my favorite character. <laughs> so you should send me a picture of your Cable, because I feel like I can picture it in my head. I'm curious what you got. So, yeah, I... With, there was nobody in line and I walked up and he started talking to me and uh nice like was he like interactive oh yeah very very nice um cool. and uh he was like you know they're 20 apiece they're three for 50 um so you know if you if you're looking for three he's like and I'll sign them and uh we're I was like well I said I was hoping you had Deadpool and he's like, I, he said, I sold out of those immediately. I was like, yeah, no, I'm stupid. I came on a Sunday. He was like, yeah. He's like, I, I couldn't keep them. He's like, that was the first one that sold out. And I said, but that's okay because Cable's my favorite character. He's like, oh, I got Cable. I was like, yeah, no. I was like, I, I really, that's the only other one I want. He was like, oh, that's okay. He said, you want me to sign it to you or just sign it? I was like, no, you could sign it to me. And we talked a little bit more. I told him, I said, you know, man, I was like, you probably hear this all the time, but, like, I have this whole set, like, the whole Masterpieces set. Like, I when they came out, we would, like, I would save, I wouldn't eat lunch. I would save my lunch money. And then on the weekends when I was with my dad, we would go to Walmart, and I would just buy packs of cards. I was like, so I have the set, and plus, like, probably 150 other duplicate cards and I like it is my favorite set that they ever did. And he was like, that that means a lot. I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but like just like the memory of buying those cards and opening the packs and like I, I loved it. And they're in a binder, and I mean, right now they're in storage, but for a while they were like on a bookshelf. You know, I love those freaking cards. So is this like the two guns up in the air cable with the shiny eye cable? Um, yeah, I was looking for it. He he very much looks like the old man Cable, not like the because it seemed like he got younger and younger as yeah. as they went along. Um, I was gonna... it's him looking at these pictures like as I've googled his work, um, and it's like I'm I had a, so many of these cards, but I'm also reminded of how many like comic book crushes from my childhood started because of these pictures. Oh no, I see the one you're talking about. Yeah. It's not that one. That's a good one, though. Um, if he'd have had Cable, Domino, and Deadpool, it'd have been all over, man. Because his Domino, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, so I'm seeing that he also did the Marvel versus DC cards. Yeah, he did some of those too. So I have that whole set. Um, so I know I've got some of those over in uh, a box over about ten feet from me. 
Yeah, I just texted you the picture. Oh, cool. Let's see. What do I got here? A text from my boss. Oh, he's reading from a certain point of view. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. And this Man, that's like, awesome. I'm glad yeah, he was nice. Yeah, it's it's always it always sucks to meet people who aren't nice. Most of the ones I've talked to, like I met a few people at Heroes Con that were just extremely extremely nice gabriel uh ba and fabio moon uh mm -hmm. the two twin i forget where they're from somewhere in south america i think uh a writer and artist uh i don't know if you've ever read anything by them they're really good though they uh, sounds super familiar but i'm not sure uh fabio moon has done a lot of artwork for other people um he i think he worked with uh what gerard way is that the dude from uh for own umbrella academy oh yeah 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 mm -hmm. so I've, I've read some of that i really liked it i met them they're extremely extremely nice uh and i met uh mike grell mike grell was awesome really yeah uh what's, is he um oh what's his uh, uh i can't think of what his thing is what's his who's he, what's his claim to fame uh probably most people love love him for green lantern longbow hunters um he did. He did Legion of Superheroes for a good long while in like the late seventies, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think of any Marvel stuff he's done, and nothing's ringing a bell. But I have like one of those giant, uh, like not even magazine size, but those like Treasury edition books that was a Legion of Superheroes book that I got at like a flea market for five bucks that he did, and. I knew I was going to meet him. I was like, I want to bring something unique for him to sign. Not just like, oh, I brought a Green Lantern book or a Green Arrow book. Because he's going to sign those all day. And this was at Heroes Con a few years ago. And so I waited until nobody was in line, walked up, paid what it was like 20 bucks, I think. Because he was doing it for, what's that charity? Uh, Heroes Initiative or something? For like the retired yes. um, comic book? Yeah, I think it's Heroes Initiative. Yeah, he was, it was, the money for autographs went to that. So I was happy to pay the 20 bucks or whatever it was. And so I give him the book and he's like, oh wow, I haven't seen this in for, forever. And he just starts reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't even remember doing this. And he's just got like page by page, just reading it for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, this is so surreal, man. <laughs> That's awesome. But you're one of those cool people who's like, read the book. Like it's so it's. I think other collectors or people listening might go like, oh god, they like slip through the pages. But you're like, no, open the book. That's why. Like it makes you cringe that I've graded a few books. So it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the book is not for the cover. Like if you grade it, all you'll ever see is the cover. You right. know, you can't see the interiors, and that's you know. I don't know. I have one comic book that's an amazing cover that I only bought for the cover. Well, I mean that's a little different. And you've, if you if it's a high grade, you get it graded. You can hang it on your wall. It looks nice. That's fine. But you know, they're meant to be read. So sometimes very carefully, but they're still meant to be read. That's fair. That's Even fair. though I I have a giant collection. 90% of which I've never read. Well, if, if Ezra ever wants to read through the pages of Why the Last Man number one, because he thinks it's so cool that I own it, 
I'll break open a, a case. That will be that will be a fun day. Because yeah, I'm all for it. So my butt will be clenched the whole time. Yeah, oh god! Like, oh please, god. please don't like wash your hands. Go yep. get some gloves. Yeah. <laughs> like no food or drink around the book. Yeah. So you sold. We'll have to we'll have to board the dogs for the weekend. <laughs> you sold Saga, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had no attachment to it though, so I, I sometimes I regret it, but it's from a totally like um, I don't know. It's not from a positive place. It's from like a oh I could have had that status. It's from okay. a precious place. Yes, it absolutely is. And so uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Every I do I would love to read Saga. That's one of those books that I read a good bit of and then stopped. And I wish I'd continued. Um, but I and so I do want to read the story, but I do not have the same affinity for it as I did did for Why the Last Man. Yeah, me so either. it sucks. And I'm glad I got the money because it was a lot of money. But at the same time. Holy cow, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. I I sold my entire Why the Last Man collection to basically pay for me to move to Chattanooga. Except for one of them. Except for one. So Which I have, and then yeah. graded just to spite you. And I, uh, it you have no it bugs me that it did not grade higher. Like if you're gonna get it graded, like I would it come back at like a nine point two or something? Um I can't remember. I uh, think I don't think it's quite that high, honestly. 8.7 or something. It was... I, th- I, th- I think it's an 8.5. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, either way, it, I needed to protect it. If something floods, if there's a fire, I need to have it. If, yeah. It, it's the greatest compliment of your gift because if all my other comic books died, it would still be alive, and I protected it. Yeah, that's. I guess that's true. It means the most. You have that one graded, but not the Gambit first appearance. Well, I really want... And so I have a struggle with that because... I want that framed it on my wall, but I don't know the way I want to do it. And there's some cool frames that are not that won't work with the grading cases. So I don't think I'm going to end up doing it just because I want it framed it on my wall. It's very hard to explain. Well, it would come back uh, probably as a low grade anyway because there's no it's certificate. Signed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had a good time at the convention. It was it was nice. I bought way too much stuff so you're very close to your x-men goal i am i am eight books away after tomorrow it might be seven books so that's very exciting i'm currently in a bidding war with somebody so oh really yeah trying not to pay like 75 dollars for this book that's really low grade and right now it's at 20 so i'm just like i'm gonna leave it alone till tomorrow night and then see if i can snag it for like 25 bucks so and well, it'll be down to seven. That's insane. It's amazing. Have you watched anything else lately? Um, lots of Cougar Town. I've, yeah, we've been watching that at the house lately too. I, I just i I love that show so much. Um, Ezra does this thing where he, um, if he sees a lady that is attractive. <sighs> Um, and I promise you, he did not learn this from me, which seems to be the first joke everyone makes. Um, he looks at them and he goes, hello, <laughs> like just like that. And he smiles really big and he's like waving his hand, but it is specifically at attractive ladies. Um, and, and what I do like, which is fun because it's proving that I'm not raising a little a-hole, but it's like, it doesn't matter like color or age. It's just like attractive lady. Hello. 
And so when Cougar Town, when Katie wants to watch something on TV, when Ezra's here, because we don't watch a lot of TV while he's awake, um, I, I try to put Cougar Town on. Then I'm like, get him, trying to get him to go, hello, the Cougar Town ladies. And it's going to be my ultimate goal is to have him call Cougar Town hello and like wave at all the ladies every time she turns it on. So that way she can watch it sometimes during the day because she likes it so much. And also it'd be a really funny joke. It makes me happy that she enjoys the show. Very much. I actually told her that to watch ahead without me because she can watch like like right now she's working. She's editing at her desk upstairs. And so she could watch it now while she works. And so or she can wait for me. And we were kind of starting with like, a, like we'll rewatch together. And I was like, no, you know what? And you're enjoying it too much for me to hold you back. Um, you just go forth and watch. So she's watching over and over again and ahead of me. Yeah, it's it's just such a good show. So like, it's so weird that it starts out as this one thing. And by like halfway through the first season, they're just like, we don't know what we were thinking. This was a stupid idea. Let's just make it a show about friends. So, and it's a better show than Friends, in my opinion. I know that's completely for me. It holds up so much better. Um, Penny, it, Penny Can. I want Penny Can to exist. I mean, we just need a can. I know. Pennies. <laughs> you go get some of your sugary alcoholic drinks and we'll come out here and we'll sit on the porch. It, it's the perfect game for where I live in this area. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> come on. Um,. Some neighbors down the, the street have a ratty boat that just sits in their driveway. We can maybe sit on it. So at, at my desk at work, this guy, for whatever reason, gave me like one of those Halloween uh, candy bucket things that's a Spider-Man head. And I just started putting pennies in it because what the hell can you do with pennies? So I've been slowly like filling that up. And when I started rewatching Cougar Town, I was like, man, I'm just going to dump all the pennies out at work one day. And just, like, start, like, put the bucket, like, two desks down and just start, like, tossing pennies at it. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's a rule that an HR is generally about throwing pennies, so just do it. They throw a football around there all the freaking time. I got hit in the head twice today with a football. <laughs> are, they, are they throwing it at you or are you just that no, bad No, they're just that bad. <laughs> Or are you that bad? No, no, no. I wasn't playing. I was working and just got hit in the back of the head twice with a football because they're terrible. So, no, yeah, that's, that's, you know, it happens. We don't throw, we don't throw the, the balls around. We throw the, uh, that's what she says around. That's what we throw around. Oh, it's, it's with my work. It's always something about your mom. So, yeah, every now and then one of those will slide into group conversation and it just throws me off so much every time that that always wins whatever verbal argument or sparring I'm having when someone throws out your mom it shocks me not because I'm offended just because I don't expect it in my corporate world and then I'm like I what what uh -huh, uh -huh. and then they win that's it yeah I I think I'm the one that started the your mom stuff because uh, me and Ryan used to do it all the time when I worked with him because there's this line in, um, uh, God, what's that stupid movie? Napoleon Dynamite, where he's like, your mom goes to college and it's so stupid and it makes no sense whatsoever. But we used to say it all the time. Somebody would say something and we'd just be like, your mom goes to college and it doesn't make any sense. And so I started doing that here 
And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, y'all have never seen Napoleon Dynamite? And so it just turned into this whole thing. So. Yeah, I um, I did that one time recently, and someone looked at me funny, too. And I went, well, I guess that joke is dead now. <laughs> I can't believe we are now a generation removed from the influence of Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, I would argue that's a good thing, but... I don't know. It's still pretty good. I don't know. I, I like, I don't know. I did not I don't enjoy know that movie at all. So I saw it right before anybody was high. I, I was one of, I'm going to be one of those douchebags. I saw it before anyone thought it was cool. And me and my friend and one other person in the entire theater saw that movie. So three of us in the theater, all three of us laughing our asses off for the entire run of it. Right. And then it gets big because MTV says it's cool or whatever. And all of it, like, well, now I don't know the third person, but me and my buddy who loved it for like weeks. We had like three solid weeks. Nobody knew what it was. And we thought it was the funniest thing. It became huge. And then we wanted to kill ourselves and take Napoleon with us. Yeah, that that's funny. I was talking about stuff like that um, with my buddy Tom this weekend. How people like take ownership of things. And when they gain like a mass audience, you get offended that other people like this thing that you also like. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm the same way. Like it drives me bananas when people are like, yeah, I love Deadpool. That movie's so great. I'm like asshole. I've been reading Deadpool since I was in high school and I'm 39. So yeah, you know, Joe Jesco was like, yeah, you and everybody else wants a Deadpool. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I just want to like, I, I was there from the beginning, man. Like literally from like third or fourth appearance, I was reading X-Force. And then when he had his own mini series, I bought those. And then I bought the first series. And then like, I've been buying these books my whole friggin' life. And now everybody's a Deadpool fan. So I get it. But at the same time, I have to be like, well, I mean, he doesn't belong to me. <laughs> so whatever be whatever kind of fan you want to be well if it makes you feel any better i usually go to you and be like is that good deadpool because i like i trust your opinion because i know that you actually know so well i mean a lot of people like jerry dugans and i i didn't like it at all um or gary duggan i don't really know how to say his name i don't either because so, it's g e r r y I that makes it... me think jerry but Me too, but like it could just be some weird way to spell Gary. It's like Gary from The Office. Yeah. Jerry from The Office. I don't know what his real name ended up being. Um, Not The Office, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah. I knew what you meant. <laughs> well, thank you. Um. So what What else What else has been going on? Um, I trolled somebody successfully on Facebook. Are we going to talk about that? We don't have to. It was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it's so it's so funny. I was like, I don't feel bad for Logan because he totally like poked the bear. But then like this guy, like all he did was prove himself to be every stereotype I have of our hometown, like every single one of them. He was just it. And I looked at his pictures. And I was like, oh god, it's the guy from Nickelback. <laughs> we have laughed so much. We call him Nickelback guy in our house. That's so funny. Um. So yeah, th this d bag ex of my uh, sisters who is friends with my mom and my brother and, you know, on Facebook now, but they used to be pretty close. Um, he 
went on some rant about how much the South sucks and we're all a bunch of overweight religious fanatics who are racist and yada, 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 whatever. Um, and how he went to California and it's just so different and so much better. Because I guess they don't have fat people in California. I mean, Kevin Smith lives in California. So I know there was at least one overweight dude there. Um, not so much anymore, but definitely was. Uh, so yeah, I just, like, he, I forget what word he meant to say. I'd have to go back and look, but I corrected him. I was like, well, you said this, and this means this. So what I really think you meant is this word. So, you know, just so you know, you used the wrong word. Signed a 250-pound you know, fat southerner or whatever. And he's like, yeah, thanks for proving my point, douchebag. <laughs> like, I don't know how I proved your point. Like, I, I just proved that we're not all idiots. Because I'm not joking. I grew up in a trailer. <laughs> and I knew the two words were not the same thing. So I was like, well, this word means this and this word means that. And, uh, so it just turned into, like, it derailed so quickly that I could not stop laughing. Like, I was just having so much fun. Because it went from, like, thanks for proving my point to, like, I hate you, nobody's ever liked you, your life is miserable, like, all this other stuff. I do regret, because he, he cleans pools for a living, I do regret the line of, like, hey, how's the pool cleaning going? <laughs> I like. I just liked how he really pushed it, like the pizza delivery thing. I'm like, dude doesn't even deliver pizzas. Hasn't done it for like two years. What are you talking yeah. about, Willis? <laughs> like, come on. And before that, I'd only done it for like eight months because I've been going through cancer treatment. And uh, so, yeah. And so I turned that into like, because well, he was like, yeah, bring me a pizza, dickhead, or something like that. And I was like... Well, I don't deliver pizzas, and I don't live there anymore, but if you're hungry, I can order you a pizza. Do you, are you are hungry? You, do you need food or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Like, so do you good. need food? Like, I'm, I make pretty good money. I, I can send you a pizza if you're hungry. And he was like, no, thanks. I'm okay. It's just hard for me to imagine a world that's better off with you in it. And I was like, what? That was the escalation that I was like, yeah, you're definitely one of those southern people you don't think that you are. I think that's uh, definitely it. So, yeah, I, I had a long conversation with Ryan about it. And I was like, I was like, why do you think that escalate? Like, I expected to, like, yeah, you're an asshole and just immediately block. I was like, but why do you think that escalated to that, like, point? And the Ryan was pretty close with the guy. And he was like, well, here's the thing. You kind of showed him up and he always thinks of himself as, like, this intellectual and I guess with his group of friends, he was like may like, but being the smartest person in a room full of people who are almost brain dead does not make you a genius. So, you know, okay. So all his crackhead friends, he's the smartest one. Well, good for you, man. They're a bunch of crackheads. Like, their brain cells are gone. <laughs> so, Ron was like, you just, he always thought of himself as so smart and intellectual. And, like, you showed him up. 
I was like, but he like he goes on this rant about like how he never liked me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> this is single. Have you ever heard it? Uh, yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks just like he looks like meth version of the Nickelback guy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, he definitely does. I don't care if this is an asshole thing. He basically said you should die. Yeah, so... I mean, he did. Which is a fucked up thing to say to somebody who's almost died twice. <laughs> I know. And if he's such good friends with your wonderful family, he should know that. <coughs> um, by the way, we voted you in my house as the best poke. So, you know, that the jury's not out on that. We've decided you're the best of the group. <laughs> um, my sister's pretty great. Not no, the, yeah, not no, the she's number head. two. She's number two. But oh, you're... Ryan never listens to this. <laughs> He's number three, but he he like won't let me win prizes unless he forces me to come on to his podcast, which is very terrible. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, so that's why he loses. <laughs> that was actually my argument to Casey. Like, we can't vote for Ryan because he's trying to force me to come on his podcast in order to win a prize that I will be disqualified from winning if I come on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. my Soka cover. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she's doing Ahsoka on the cover. I think I that's just a drawing she wants, or she's doing. Um, but yeah, Ryan uh, immediately unfriended and blocked him, which I was like, you don't have to do that, man. He was like, no, screw him. He Ryan posted, like, uh, hey, Chris, if you don't like the South, you can leave, man. And by the way, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's all right, man. And then my sister sent him some long thing about, you know, how just, like, he needs to, to like, think about his life that he's, like, so filled with hate. And I'm just like, y'all did not have to jump into this. This was not like, oh, Logan got his feelings hurt. This was like, oh, no, L- L- Logan, you know, poked a, a stupid bear and was just <laughs> laughing as it, like, tried to eat him, you know, from the other side of the cage. So, I mean, I totally stepped into it. So, and I, I did not get my feelings hurt at all. I thought it was so funny. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I have had zero exciting social media activity lately. Oh, I I, I got drugged into it. You follow us on Twitter. I don't know if you saw any of that. But uh, Elizabeth, who co-hosts the X-Wing Files with us, got us drug into a freaking Twitter flame war the other day and then just kept going. And I, I was messaging her in private, like, stop, please stop. Stop asking questions. Stop talking to these people. She's like, I just want to know what's going on. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Like, do not get involved with people that are fighting on Twitter. Because what happened? I, I, uh, okay, so apparently the that Canadian toy dude that we had talked to and wanted to come on the podcast and talk toys with and i told you he's kind of like off the rails sure um there's some people that he got into it with and elizabeth uh tweeted out that ahsoka picture and tagged a whole bunch of people that follow us on that post so she got she got a like reply back from some girl saying uh, just in case you don't know, this guy is kind of mental. And so Elizabeth started asking questions. 
And then it became this whole thing of like, yeah, well, he threatened my friends and now you're on his side. And he's like sending her private messages talking about how uh, they're wrong and she shouldn't be on their side. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, this is why you don't do stuff like this. You mm -hmm. just don't do it. You know, nope, didn't see any of that. So I, I'm pretty sure it's all deleted now. But she was just like, I didn't know. I was like, don't ask. Like, if you don't know the situation, don't ask because you're just dragging up old wounds. And, like, you know, you got us blocked by a bunch of people. And she's like, I'm sorry. I was like, it's fine. I just, you don't really, like, I don't know why she doesn't understand that part of social media. But she doesn't. So. Well, weird. Yeah, two, like, troll wars and a week for me I hate yeah, social I'm sorry. media I'm getting lost in looking at all of this oh, also like it? some dude hit on your sister and then or not your sister on your cousin and then his her brother was like egging her on about it oh that was that was me <laughs> oh that was you yeah oh, it was been funny for it to have been Jacob because I just um, thought it was like brother sister stuff oh yeah and even funnier is somewhere down the line somebody uh, that that girl was like yeah and then like that one dude was kind of sort of flirting with you and then that other account got all jealous i was like i'm related to her like i'm not jealous of anything i'm just making fun of her that's my cousin <laughs> so <laughs> well you are from georgia so eh. according to nickelback guy anyway yeah as, as a failed attempt at a joke there my bad so, yeah, stay away from social media, man. It's a nightmare. I don't know. Look up uh, Treason Summit. There's some good jokes out there. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. like, I just caught up with all that. Now I was like, oh, God. Yeah. How can people still just be like, no, I think he's doing a good job? I don't know. When don't know. the president of this country is like, uh, I mean, this country sucks, but Russia's kind of cool. What? <laughs> Ugh. Go watch Miracle. Oh, man. No, yeah, it's no. not a cool place. Not that we're cool. Not at the moment. And not certainly not all the time. But holy shit. No. Have you seen the, moon, the, the meme that is um, 46th? And it's got a picture of Putin. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And darkly funny. Mm. It's... This is this is why I fell out of watching movies and watch only shows that don't make me feel terrible, except for like BoJack Horseman. <laughs> I've been watching, so I finished season one of that. I think I told you that. Yeah, I really liked it, but I have not started season two because I started the Twin Peaks revival season, and it's amazing. And then I'm watching. I'm watching one other thing I want to tell you about. But I remember, oh, and I'm finishing. I'm almost going to fin. I'm like, I'm really close to finishing Space 1999. Um, and so when I'm, like, I want to just knock it out so I can give that Blu ray set back to my boss. Yeah, I'll never watch that. It just does not seem like something I'd be interested in. It's the Twilight Zone in space. Yeah. It's totally something you would be interested in. Maybe. Whatever. It's not a feel good show. It is. It's like it's optimistic about the future. 
Mm. Wait, what are you talking about? Space or Space Twi- 1999. Okay. I know Twin Peaks is not a feel good show. No, it's a weird shit. Oh, Rama. That's yeah. all it is. It's like David Lynch got to put the show on Showtime and was like, I can do whatever I want to do. And that's what he did. Exactly what he wanted to do. So, oddly enough, the only Twin Peaks, Peaks thing I've ever seen is the movie Firewalk With Me, which made no fucking sense. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. It doesn't make a whole lot more sense if you've seen the show. That's the best part. Because <laughs> like, he basically gets rid of the main character and goes a whole different direction for the rest of the movie. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. No. And this was, I watched it before you could get, like, the series, you mm-hmm. know, so, like, when it first came out on, like, VHS or something, I rented it and watched it and was like, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, no, it's very weird, and I have had seen the show, like, like a week or two beforehand I finished the show, and, um, yeah, it still didn't make a whole lot more sense. I actually really liked it, but I don't know what I liked about it. I like the way it made me feel. There is an episode of Psych. Did you ever watch Psych? Like a couple episodes of the first season. I get the basic concept of the show. There's an episode where they basically go to this like little bitty town and it is Twin Peaks. They bring back like so many of the Twin Peaks actors and to play like similar characters to who they were in Twin Peaks. It's really fun. You don't really need to know anything about the show to watch it. Mm-hmm. But you should try to find it and just watch that. I think you, it would probably really amuse you having just watched all of the other stuff. So. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. I could do that. I'd, did I ever tell you my, like, psych story where I met those? Not met, but I, like, went to a, a really small panel with those guys. No, they seem like they're incredibly fun. Yeah, they. so I'd never seen anything of the show. And when we went to Comic-Con, Tim and I, he really wanted to see their um, – their nerd hq the zachary levi charity thing that he does yeah um their panel which are like really small it's like 150 people in the audience really small room like you're super close and we got like second row seats or something like we were incredibly close and he was pumped and i'm like i don't know who these people are (laughs) and like there's all these people who are so excited and i'm like i just took somebody's seat because somebody else deserves to be here. I don't deserve to be here. I am that asshole right now. Um, and it was great. I had a great time listening to them talk. They were very, very funny. I was super charmed by them. and was like, I can see why you could watch a whole show about these guys. N- knew nothing about it. Watched a few episodes afterwards. Went, oh, yeah, it's nice. Never watched it anymore. Flash forward to like four years later, I watched The West Wing and Dulé Hill shows up, and I was like, "Oh my effing god! I love this guy!" And I saw it like so now, like this is my retroactive West Wing panel I went to, with one guy from the West Wing. Yeah, Dulé Hill, he's he's pretty great. Uh, uh, James Roday, I think is how you say his name. He's good, but he's he's such a comedian. Like I, it's hard to see him in anything serious. Um, but do like Dulé Hills and Ballers, which is not a great show, but he's mm-hmm. great in it. Um, yeah. and I never watched the West Wing, but I can only imagine how good he is in that. Cause he's just, he's so good at everything he does. Um, there's this, there's this running joke on psych where they talk about how he's, um, God, what was the kid's name? Rudy's boyfriend on the Cosby show. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of his name now. But, like, they keep calling him that, and it's funny because he really looks like that kid. 
Yeah. Huh. Uh, but yeah, you should track down that episode. It's like, I don't think you need to know anything. I mean, you know the formula of the show, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I could do that. I would enjoy it. So, uh, so what else? What's up? Um, this is weird. We didn't. We didn't really talk. We never talk much in advance of these things. No, not really. I. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I watched a two-hour and forty-minute-long science fiction film from 1979 that I had never seen before, and it was also Russian, so it makes it timely. Solaris. Stalker. Oh, Stalker. You're close. I've seen think Solaris. I've ever seen it. So uh, that's the one I finished on Sunday because um, I, when I went to put it in, my plan had been a double feature that evening. I put it in, just happened to flip the box over and went two hours and 40 minutes. I, had, I thought it was like, you know, maybe two hours long. Um, it's really good. It's really impressive. Um, it is really long. And I wish I had known that before I put it in, but I committed to it. So I watched it over the weekend, though, and it was really good. It's one of those science fiction films that it's like – is anything crazy happening? Because there's no special effects, really. There's some amazing camera work. There's, like, this one scene where the camera's in a room with the three main characters and then goes into another room, and you find out the further it goes deeper into the room, it is, like, traveling in the air over a room that has, like, maybe six inches of water in it over a tile floor. So highly reflective. If there was any movement in the water... Like, it's definitely some sort of crane system, but it's so intricate the way it moves from another room to deep within this room and never moves anything. Like, never, like, it's you never see it in the water. The water is never jostled. There's no ripples. It's really amazing. Stuff like that, very technically amazing. But what they'll basically do is, like, they'll round a corner and the, the edit will be, like, in a different location. So that's how they do, like, odd landscape changes because it's this whole land where, like, the rules of physics don't apply and so like you go in like you get stuck in loops so like you take a left turn and you're back where you started that's all really easily done in editing so it's stuff like that so it's all like just camera tricks but the stuff they talk about in the mood it's all really good but i like solaris better that was my first impression i but couldn't yeah, i couldn't make it through solaris really i, I really tried and then i tried to watch the remake and i was like Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to watch the remake this year, I think. I think you, this is the year I do it. I, I didn't know you hadn't seen it. Nope. It's, it's one of those I haven't seen. It's just sitting out there, But which I'm glad. I, well, I'd never watched it because I wanted to see the original. Then I saw the original and really loved it and was like, why would I want a remake of this? But then it's like, because it's got George Clooney in it, and I love George Clooney. Did you see him, the video of him getting hit by a car? No. Oh, so he's fine. Lead with he's fine, I guess. But he's like in Italy on a Vespa or not a Vespa on a scooter, though, you know, going around as he does. Ciao and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else make that joke. Thank you. I'm so glad you got it. And so so he's coming around a corner like he's just driving. And this asshole car just crosses over lanes into his oncoming lane and like stops. And his scooter just hits him full on. And he goes like flying like 10 effing feet in the air over the car. Take him to the hospital. He just send him home. He's fine. Some bruise, bruises. I'm, I'm watching the video now. It's it's crazy. So. 
Oh my god! Right. George Clooney's a monster because he just see they take him, they send him home. He's fine. Oh wow! I would have died. That'd yeah. been that for me. Oh man. Whew. Yeah, I love George Clooney. That upset me. That was like, oh god, I hope he's okay. And saw the videos like, yeah, he's gonna die. And it's nope, it's simple. Okay. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the Eddie Izzard joke. <laughs> I never, anytime, I make it frequently and nobody ever gets it. So I was like, I think Logan's going to get it if I do it. And you did. It is my favorite comedy special of all time. It's so good. I've it's, seen I it. I watch that with Katie. I've seen it so many times. Unfortunately, it was something me and my ex would watch a lot together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now it's really, like, I just don't revisit it, but I do love it. I, it's just, uh, he does, like, the whole thing in another language, and it's still hysterical. Like, I don't even know what he's saying, and I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, man. <laughs> the cunning use of flags. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, he's come to Chattanooga before. Yeah, I know. Um, like a couple of years ago, I was living here when he was. I was like, man, I should go to that, and then I just didn't go. If he comes back, we're going. Let's make it a thing. We're taking Eddie Zard back. Yeah, I, I that that uh, see, it was was it the if looks could kill special? Or... Well, he's got he's got two, and they and I and they put them together. So I don't know which one it is. He's got two that well, two from that time. That I always think of. I don't know which one it is where he does that joke. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. And so there's two versions of it. Mm-hmm. One you cannot buy. One was only aired on HBO. Mm-hmm. And the one that they released on video that you could buy is not the same one that they aired on HBO. I used to have the one that aired on HBO on video cassette, mm-hmm. And then the aforementioned X recorded over it which Ooh. made me so mad because there's subtle differences in the jokes mm-hmm. and I, I just remember thinking it was funnier the, on the HBO special than it was on the recording I mean it's still fantastic but god I haven't watched it in so long they used to all be on Netflix and I don't think they are anymore I have them on a hard drive somewhere Oh, man. I haven't thought about that in such a long time. Hell, he hasn't done anything in a while. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I know he was doing, like, a marathon thing a couple of years ago where he was, like, what? Like, he had, like, a whole campaign about him doing a marathon. I don't really know, for charity. That's the last thing I really remember him doing and coming to Chattanooga to do stand-up. He's so good in Mystery Men. Little Baby Bowler. I haven't seen Mystery Men since it was in the theaters. I love that movie. Uh, anyway, sorry. No, Don't, you're good. The this the, this is why we podcast. <laughs> For moments like that. I made it all worth it. Oh, man. What's going on in Star Wars? Like, have we talked about Star Wars? We haven't talked about Star Wars in a while. Nope. Billy D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What? Eh. I don't know. I, it's fine. It's fine. I really hope they don't kill him. 
Like, that makes me nervous. I don't really care to go through every one of these movies having a major death. Like, we're going to have to deal with Leia, and that's going to be tough. Can we just have Billy D like, be happy? <laughs> Billy D's like, got to have made a lot of money off of his generalship and, like, be retired. That's what I want. I mean... He knows a guy who knows a guy, hooks them up, and then moves on. As long as the guy that he knows is named Hondo Anaka, I'm all good with it. I mean, that would be super cool, but also, like, they're not going to do that. But it'd be super cool. I mean, we didn't think they were going to bring Darth Maul back into the movies either. Yeah, but J.J. ain't like that. J.J. needs to get on board, man. But I don't think J.J.'s cool enough to do that. Like, I think he's cool. Don't get me wrong. I call him Uncle J.J. in my house, so I love J.J. But I don't think he's, like, down with the Star Wars in the same way. I think he's down with the original trilogy in that way that frustrates me no i don't disagree that's why i thought it was a great way to start it up again and it was perfect for him to move on and he didn't so i i don't think so it makes me nervous i think he wants closure on lando i don't want closure on lando lando out there being rich with his ladies or his lobots or whatever I'm kind, I'm I'm hopeful that Lando's going to be like this key to like bringing like more people to the rebellion or it better oh, not you, be. you wanted to know who Ray's parents were and they ended up being nothing. We're going to stick with that because we love Ryan Johnson. But you know who's Finn's dad is? No. Lando. Please no. That's the kind of crap I'm worried about. <laughs> I mean I'm sorry. That's what I'm worried about, though. I, I would, I, I, I would completely agree with that because it, it's so like base. Just like, oh, hey, here's the only other black guy in Star Wars, and he happens to be related to the only other black guy in the other Star Wars. So, you know, I, I just, I don't know why. That's a good question. Why the hell are there not more black guys in Star Wars? Black people in general. Yeah, I know. Like there's, every there's, trilogy has one. <laughs> it's funny because it's like when they do aliens, I'm like, that's definitely a, a black person that you've turned into an alien. Why can't there just be more black people? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's oddly sort of racist. And maybe the Empire has, you know, done some murdering stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I got into a, like a brief discussion with somebody on Twitter the other day talking about Phasma and how it's it's a shame that we didn't get to see her without the helmet on. We only got to see like a glimpse of her eye. So we didn't get to see her as like this strong female character even though she's a bad guy. And while I see the point, I was like, I think that's kind of the whole point of the empires that they take away the individuality so she's yes. not anything except you know phasma the the trooper and that's why it's so uh, maybe just for me but in that first trailer when we see finn take off his helmet as a stormtrooper it's very shocking yep i and, agree and everybody was like oh well he's just like a stormtrooper in disguise like Luke and Han were like uh, you know when he turns out to be a stormtrooper had we not seen that in the trailer and it been in the movie I probably would have gasped when he took off his helmet in the movie 
if I didn't know it was coming. So here's here's here. Listen to this. Okay. Finn has become a secret like <sighs> like people whisper in Stormtrooper Land about Finn. FN two one eight seven or one two whatever his name is number is who uh, who escaped who made a choice to leave and it's somewhere as a part of the next film is a stormtrooper rebellion the people who come over to the our rebels to help them out oh my god that and, would but be it's amazing all, but it's all a metaphor for slavery yeah I mean I'm in I think it would be amazing. Like, cause I, cause I think that like the one thing JJ did that I like, not the one thing, but one thing he did that I thought was really fantastic <laughs> is he leaned hard into the Nazi metaphor. Yeah. It was like, there's no, in case you were wondering, here's Hux to prove the point of what these people are. And, and like, it's all there. And so like lean into it. Like these, these folks like Finn, they're slaves who were taken as kids and programmed. Like what if Finn is the bastion of hope and in the canto by sequence uh he learned more about himself and who he wants to be and he can become the leader of the the only people who person who can really connect with these troopers who have uh decided that enough is enough and they won't be forced to do these terrible things anymore that would be phenomenal i would love it so much and then the next trilogy is actually fen's uh trooper rebels that would be so good and it redeems like that whole clone trooper thing mm-hmm. oh, that would be really good so yeah so I am I that's I would love for that to be in some fashion I would love that if Fen had become some sort of icon for hope because if they're trying to humanize the trooper right the trooper that means there's a lot of monsters out there um, so they can't all be bad so why don't why, where's our battalion that decides to, to defect and, and help them out. That'd be just, that'd be wonderful. So Finn kind of becomes, well, the hero, the, the cynical person in me wants to be like, so they make Finn Barack Obama. I mean, we got Trump after him. So I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the metaphor we want to go for. I I mean, I, I agree with you there. Um, that, that's certainly what all of the whiny ass fanboys would do. So, well, you know, it's funny. They whine, but they also bought the tickets. So, Not for Solo. <laughs> well, it's true, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. Me either. I, like, did you see what Disney's saying the losses are going to be for that movie? Mm-mm. Okay, now, we talked about it on the, the podcast. Did are those numbers the same? Yeah. So I heard that. Yeah, yeah, $50 million. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not... they're only going to lose $50 million. For remaking a movie, that's fantastic. They shot the movie twice. <laughs> I think you even said it on the podcast. It's the most expensive Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Because they made it twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And to only lose $50 million, do you know how much money they lost on The Lone Ranger? They I mean, didn't yeah. even make Johnny Depp's paycheck back on that movie. Right. It's, it's a terrible movie. But um, you're one of those apologists of that movie, aren't you? Lone Ranger? No, it's yeah. god awful. Okay, good. Okay. Now, um, uh, John Carter, a little bit more so. Um, I think John Carter has like a lot of problems, but I do think it's a pretty good movie. There's but, a cult of John Carter, and I don't agree with sort of that like that intense love that some people have of it. But I'm like, yeah, it's not as bad as people said it was at all. Yeah. Um, but 
but yeah, no, I'm not worried about solo losses because the home video comes out and makes the money back. We're good, whatever. Um, and so uh, it's amazing to me that they want to like to point a finger at solo and say it's a symptom of anything other than like it just I don't think people in, in mass wanted a Han Solo movie. I talked to people in my office who have no grudge, no negativity about The Last Jedi. And they're like, yeah, I just don't really care about like a Han Solo movie. Oh, Harrison Ford's great. Why do I need that? That's a general thought process. And those folks who would be there opening weekend for Star Wars, like an episodic film or even Rogue One, they're like, yeah, I just don't like Harrison Ford's my guy. I don't need that. And that's that was the general very laid back sentiment that was throughout my entire office about the film. They were like, Hey, tell me how it is when you go to see it. Cause I know I'm not going to see it opening weekend. Like that's how it went. Yeah. And I get that. And I mean, timing played a part too. I, Disney. I don't, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with their movie schedule. Like they did not space things out. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm excited for what J.J. might do, though. I'm worried about his tendency to lean into, like, hey, remember this? Um, yep. No, I, I agree. He's, he's a great starter, not a great finisher. As long as it's better than Star Trek Into Darkness, I guess I'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. It's the start versus finish thing, that's the thing that makes me nervous. So we'll see. I trust the story group. Yeah, I, somebody asked me about that the other day. Um, they were talking about, oh, my buddy Tom, he was like, so what's everybody's deal with Kathleen Kennedy? Does she really call all the shots? I was like, not really. The story group kind of calls the shots on what makes the script and what doesn't. Yeah, like the I, stuff that really makes the people mad has nothing to do with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. So I I mean I'm sure if there was something she was she was adamant about either being in or not being in they would probably just go well she really wants this but I don't think there's been anything that she's you know stepped forward and said whatever like now the director's not working out for both Rogue One and Solo like that has something to do with her but the script to my knowledge the script never changed oh yeah that's my understanding too so that, they, that was the problem is they went too far off script so they just got it back on script right so and Rogue One from what I understand it just didn't work and, yeah that's my understanding too and then they and apparently like Gareth Edwards this is the my one thing about that if anyone ever said anything to me about it is like my understanding with Gareth Edwards is they offered him, we're going to redo this thing. We're going to have, we're going to fix some stuff, but if you will agree to it, we'll allow you to be on set and we'll still give you credit. And to me, for him to do that, cause he seems like a nice enough guy. It, I feel like he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Let's do that. Cause he didn't, he never pitched a fit. He, and I think these guys, if they pitch a fit, what they do is they, they part ways through, mutually agreed you know we was not a good match like they, they have their pr version of this and he didn't do that he just went yeah okay and they redid it and and i redid parts of it and 
I think that that's a guy who understood there was a problem and that this was a big business and they had to fix things. And he and he was, he did that. And then he shows up in a minor role in the, or you know at the cameo bit in the Last Jedi. That's not a guy yeah. who hates Lucasfilm. No, I, I mean if that were the case, if they were on bad terms, either he would have been like, please just cut that out, or they would have just cut it out without ever saying anything to him. Yeah, you know. So I think there's still love there, and I think that you know maybe there was a version of it that he did that was darker or different or whatever else. Um, but I'm going to be honest. Everyone – well, not everyone. I've heard a lot of back and forth on the Vader scene in Rogue One. Did we need it? Probably not. Does it make Rogue One's ending um, – fully have the impact it needs to have. I think it does because they were stepping out of their bounds from these episodic films. They had to say, Hey, look, it's definitely star Wars. As you know, it look at this badass scene. But the reason rogue one's a great movie is because of all the other badass stuff in the ending. The fact that they kill everybody, the way it ends. I even love, I think, I think it was your podcast, the way that Bodhi dies I know it's really like arbitrary and like sideways, but that's how this kind of crap is. That's how war is. Like and, you, and so you die I, from a stray bullet to the head. And I love, I like, I love that stuff. So like, they really go for it in the ending. And the Vader piece is like, hey, look, icing on the cake, Star Wars fans. This is Star Wars. What it can look like if we step outside the episodes. And I and and, and I think the most people will talk about when they talk about Rogue One that Vader scene, man. Like they talk about it and, and, and achieve that. And I know that was one of the things that was changed and added with the Gareth Edwards didn't do. So I, you know, I go, I think they know what they're doing because the thing you guys all talk about is the Vader scene. And it is a very powerful moment that Gareth Edwards didn't do. Kathleen Kennedy, the reshoots, they did that. Yeah. And it's funny because we've talked about, we talk about Rogue One a lot on the X-Wing Files. And I don't know that we bring up the Vader scene much at all. Very rarely. Uh, and, and, and it's not because it doesn't work or because it's not because it's not awesome it is but it does feel like this tacked on thing to be like oh don't worry it's still star wars i think everyone in my office who goes i harrison ford's my guy it was for them and they all love that moment and that's fine like i think it's a cool moment no problems i don't have some anger about it but i i think that they knew what they were doing but it only proves how smart they are and disproves a lot of the negativity that I think people have about them. It's like, no, they, they, they made that thing that makes it work for everybody. And the thing that makes it work for me is honestly the very, very ending where, where they, the main characters are together on the beach. And, and like, that's what makes it work for me. But for the generic fan who doesn't read all this crap and look at Twitter and star Wars Twitter, they're like, that's well, Vader. It's great. And that's why like they leave it and go say, it's so good. It's such a good movie. And there's also this really great Vader scene you should see. Like they, that's how they pitch it to other Star Wars fans who are casual. And that's why it works. Um, we talked, I'm curious. I know you listened to the podcast, but we talked about the de-aging thing that Marvel mm -hmm. is now using. Yeah. Uh, a la Disney is also using. And like, what film would you want to see with an actor like using that de-aging technology because I don't I think we talked about this walking out of Ant-Man I'm not wrong but it, right it it's, seems to be perfected okay so I listened to this and I was like and I was actually a little baffled uh, Michelle Pfeiffer looks great like that's really incredibly done I still think Michael Douglas looks funky I think that's because of his 
not his face. I think it's his body movements because he's still moving like an older man. That may be it. That may be it. He's, he feels still odd to me for whatever reason. That has not changed. But I could see that being it where something in my brain's not clicking right. And so that, that would make sense to me. Uh, no, it's pretty amazing, though. I mean, it really is very amazing. I mean, see, they did it for a bit in Guardians, and it looked great with Kurt Russell. And mm-hmm. it seems to be going more and more. I think the longest it's been used in a film, though, is in uh, Tron Legacy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's not in, great. Yeah, it's not great, though. It yeah. works because he's supposed to be part of the computer, though. Right. But you're right. It's not great in Tron Legacy. But if you put that up against like what you see in Ant-Man, it's, it's almost night and day. I agree with that, yes. And so like, what character would you want to I, see? I really want to see a younger Yoda. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was listening to you guys and the de-aging bit. I think that um, Qui-Gon was interesting. But I feel like I've got everything I need out of him as much as there's that baffles I, me. So, because here's why: because I don't want you to some things like the Metaclorians. This is it would be like my thing. I just don't need the explanation. Like I like that he is so powerful, so amazing, so interesting without any of the explanation. Let my imagination run rod every now and then. I kind of want him to be that character for me. Um, Mace Windows interesting. Windu uh, is interesting, but I'm not, I don't know, I'm not super attached to that. Um, I'm going to be honest. It, it's its weird, but I think it's because of the expanded universe stuff. But I sort of would love, like, an actual young Tarkin movie, if they could do it right. Um, have you read the most recent issue of Vader? No. They came out <sighs> last week? It's Yeah, yeah. It's essentially a one-shot. Um, and it had and feature and all I'll really say is it features Tarkin and Vader. And I, and I, I was reminded of how good there's a, the Tarkin novel that kind of led up to rogue one, which is just fantastic. And it does these flashbacks to young Tarkin throughout it. So it's kind of like where he came from and where he is in the empire as they're building the, um, the death star. And, oh man, he's such an interesting villain character. Who's he's the best kind of villain. Cause he totally thinks he's right. You know? And and he's like very, and he's so incredibly intelligent that you're like, yeah, I can see how he thinks everything that he thinks. Um, so if I had to pick someone to de-age, I'd really want to see more Tarkin um, because I've seen some of those pieces and I like those pieces. Um, I think there's like a spy movie Tarkin story out there that we haven't seen and that I would love. Um, but the Jedi stuff, I don't want, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm good. I'm golden without any more of them. Tarkin's interesting because, of course, he's been dead for a while. So right. you're talking about basically a de-aged CGI version of Tarkin on someone else's body. Yep, yep. I mean, they've already done it some in Rogue One, so why not? You know, make it better. But I mean, but honestly, I don't really care about any of that. I, I mean, I really don't don't want it, don't need it. I think that's one of the limitations of storytelling that I think is good because it will force them to like think forward and think sideways. Um, and I'd rather have that. Um, I would love a Luke stuff. I think it was Jacob that was talking about Luke in between Jedi 
or last or return of the Jedi and last Jedi, like what happened in that space. And I, and I'm very, very, very interested in that story, but I'm gonna be honest. I want an animated series and I want Mark Hamill to do some voicing. Yeah. I mean, just like, give me that. And I, but I would love for it to be really uniquely animated. That would be cool. I, I love the fact that this new, um, show is going to be different than rebels and clone wars and it's visual style. Um, cause it's just going to be different. I think that's good. Explore the different. And so do something totally unique with the animation and make it about Luke 10 years before the last Jedi. That would like, that's what I'd really like. In all honesty, I, if I, if I had to pick, I'd pick that over de-aging anybody. I, I'd definitely be down for that. I, I wish there was more animated stuff. Um, I mean, animated movies are a very real possibility they could like a real path they could go down and they seem so hesitant to do that. And I don't understand why I'll, I'll say this. That's the one thing I feel like Dave Filoni has some sort of say in. So I'll trust in Dave. Um, yeah, but I don't know, man. I, 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 I think I would really enjoy a Qui-Gon book trilogy. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I just feel like his history is better for me for books. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be down for that, too. Um, I really have to get into reading the books. Does any of the Tarkin stuff answer the question of whether he knows Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Yes. Okay. Definitively, one way or the other. Okay. Because so, mm-hmm. that was like a point of contention for a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't read it, so you don't have to tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I've always maintained that... A, course he knows anakin is darth vader why do you maintain that i'm just curious i'm playing devil's advocate i won't i won't tell you either way but why do you maintain that his his relationship with vader seems so familiar like he's not scared of darth vader and especially once we get to the clone wars and we see them together um that solidified it for me where it's like well he knows that Vader is Anakin and to him, Anakin is just this child who has more power than he knows what to do with and doesn't know really how to use it. So he's not scared of him. You know, he just, he thinks of him as a child. Yeah. So it's funny in my head, you sort of talking, I think I've actually combined both the Tarkin novel and Cataclysm. What's it called? Cataclysm. I think I think I've combined two books in my head that all that both focus on bits of Tarkin, um, and so I will say that those two together. Um, also, Amazon's being a jerk. Prime Day has wrecked Amazon apparently. Yeah, it started today at three, and it's crashed. I, I assume they would have fixed it by now, um, but it just crashed Amazon. <laughs> um, but it's. Um, autofill on google maybe the internet's broken trump finally did it uh but they they give little insights into the um the character on gosh i believe it's called cataclysm so there's tarkin the novel which is about him growing up and then tarkin cataclysm let me sorry catalyst i think good lord 
I'm having the hardest time with this book thing. If Amazon only worked. Catalyst. Yes. Okay. So Catalyst is the book that's the lead up to Rogue One about the building of the Death Star. You put those two books together, you get a great picture of who Tarkin is and what makes him tick. And I think that you understand Tarkin better than I did going into those books. Let me. That's what I was trying to get to. Um, and um, I think you would enjoy them very much because I think they're very pulpy um, in how they handle Tarkin while also letting Tarkin be still mysterious even though we're spending books working with him as a character um it's good it's good stuff but i like tarkin more and more as a character the more i read about him and experience him like in the clone wars um and even rogue one as a cgi character i like him a lot i think he's a great villain um and i think this most recent issue i think it's like number 18 of the new vader series is it 18 is it that high so I think it's number 18, but the most recent issue of uh, Vader is just fantastic. And it is basically a one shot with those two characters in it, Vader and Tarkin. See, really good stuff. I'm really curious about, I've got to read those books. So I'm, I've, I'm planning on reading Vader at some point in time this week so, and getting caught up on Thrawn, which uh, we talked a little bit about. Because uh, there's a new Thrawn book coming out. I'm so excited. I'm um, so excited. We talked a little bit about that on the podcast. And I've, I've still got to read the first one. I, I never read his old uh, Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, I meant to. I was actually going to tweet you guys. And then realized that I, could, I didn't know how to tweet you guys without sounding like a jerk. But the old stuff is 100% non-canon. I, I so See, you, I thought they brought some of it with him it, into the new book. Maybe some of the elements, but nothing nothing that w- in any way from the old stuff is technically canon. So even if there's similarities, what is in the new stuff is the only thing that is canon. Yeah. See, I, I knew I was going to mess up when I said that. I was like, watch, I bet I'm wrong. I bet none of the old stuff in the Thrawn trilogy is in the new Thrawn book. So. Yeah, no, no, it's not at all. It's very, very different because yeah. um, it's the new Thrawn book is is actually about his sort of ascension. And it's really interesting because it's because he's blue skinned. He's obviously an alien and the blue skin sort of signifies that he's from the outer rim, that his people are from the outer rim, which is sort of, you know, on the elite scale of the empire, like the low dregs of, of the galaxy. And so it's all about how this blue skinned outsider is so smart and cunning that he works his way up within the empire so quickly. It's about his rise in power. Um, but it does a few things, man, with the expansion of the world of, or the galaxy that I, I just, I was baffled by, but then you watch the end of rebels and you're like, Oh my God, look how well they have planned all of this. It is mind boggling how well it is planned. If, if I could wish for any, specific job it would be part of the star wars story group like that's a, I, yeah. I want that job that's a good dream job uh, I'll never i like get it there. <laughs> you never know man pablo is just a uh, a huge uh, star wars role-playing nerd look at him now yeah he needs like there needs to be like the pablo hidalgo chronicles podcast where it, it's just like his like ascension from like I love Star Wars and I'm role playing and then like just all the way up until like oh I'm part of the story group like you know he's seen the Bible <laughs> yeah he's taught he helped to, write it yeah uh, like he went up the mountain and talked to God and got the 
commandments and came back down. You know, it's crazy. And he's such a nice dude. Well, I, I mean, I really think what they're doing is working despite all the drama on the internet. I just, those trolls. Um, but, <laughs> Van but, tears. Yeah, I drink them all. Um, I don't even drink them. It takes too much effort. Um, but yeah, I just think that there's little stuff you're starting. I start to see with the Tarkin stuff, especially, and then the Outer Rim stuff that they're doing because they're obviously trying to expand in that direction. I know the Disney World's going to have like the whole land is based on an Outer Rim area, um, and and they are. They, I think they're doing things. I mean, they at the end of Rebels, they obviously point in that direction very, very directly. Um, and what that's all going to mean for the future, I think it's going to be really fascinating if we could just get there. I feel like they're trying to get past Episode Nine so we can really expand this thing. And I just can't wait for it. Yeah, that's why I, I keep maintaining that, like, no, Nine will end the Skywalker saga. Like, no more Skywalkers. We're done. I, I think it will, too. So, and I know that pisses a lot of people off, but I mean, what are you going to do? Like, ooh, secret Skywalker. Like, no, let's just be done. You know? I mean, it's gone on long enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. by the time it ends, it will be, uh, no, like 40 years. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it's insane. So, yeah, just be done with it. But then I want another trilogy with Ray and Finn because I love them. Me too. That's yeah. my saddest part is that like I'm afraid they go away. Like as I like like Daisy Ridley in John Boyega, not necessarily. I know the characters won't go away. Like I would don't want them to go away. I mean, it it could become like the Marvel model where they show mm -hmm. up in places now and then. Yeah. You know, which I'm okay with. So. I think I solved the Obi-Wan movie story group problem. What is the problem? Well, not problem. So the st I've cracked the story that they should do. How they should make a, a prequel movie with Obi-Wan. So you do it really avant-garde. <laughs> and it's like seven vignettes about his life. Like between the the prequel trilogy and the the original trilogy it, like it might be like five minutes where it's him like go into Moss Eisley Cantina to get some groceries and there's like a 20 minute vignette that's like an adventure fighting some people on Tatooine and then there's like four minutes of him like around his hut cleaning up and it's like all these little short films about what he's up to and that's like our Obi-Wan movie seven short films about Obi-Wan Kenobi we could call it like you know, like the uh, like the Paris Jatem and the I Love You New York movies. Just call it I Love You Obi Wan. I mean, I would watch that so much. I would they, watch that over and over again. They are so vitriolic about the Last Jedi. I don't know why you think anybody would be accepting of that. I'm that's in. What, that's <laughs> what they should. I'm saying that's what they should do for the art. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm completely in. Like one, what if one of them's just totally silent? And he's like, "Do you remember the scene?" And did you ever watch The Wire? No, I watched oh. the first season, and I was like, "Yeah, it's all right," and then never went back to it. I should have never asked this question. Now my heart is hurting. Um, so 
anyway, there's a scene in The Wire where they solve a whole crime by just by saying the F word. Like they're, they're solving, but they're like investigating a crime scene. They say the F word like 120 times or something like that in this one just investigation. And, and the F word sort of signifies all these different things they're seeing. And like I want that scene except he just grunts. Like he's like fixing a speeder and he's just like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Like I just think it would be fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, you should start writing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it writes itself, but I'll do it. I mean, I think the only way it's going to get made is if you make it. So. <laughs> I'll make Josh be my Obi Wan. Um, he could do it. He'd he could be do the right. beard. He'd yeah. be beefy Obi Wan, but he have the beard. Yeah, it'd be all right. Yeah. Uh, I do want my Obi Wan Kenobi movie. But only to further prove my point that he is not the person that a lot of people seem to think he is. Well, that's fine as long as we get it. I love the thing on the Facebook group where it was like, here's the eight people that should play Obi-Wan. And all of them were you, McGregor. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Well, this became a Star Wars podcast. That's all right, though. You're welcome. We need we needed to do it. We it's like this is the back you know, we owed this conversation to the name of our podcast. Yeah. And it I don't hopefully it wasn't a boring conversation. Hopefully not. Yeah. I think that I am uh I'm out of things though. I don't have much else. Uh, me too. My my whole weekend was spent doing comic booky stuff that you know I mean I don't think anybody cares about the comic books I bought, so you know. I mean I do, I'm interested. I, I got the first appearance of Fuzzy Beast, so... Well, that's all you could really ask for, right? For a steal. <laughs> so, well, it yep. was 70 bucks, but it, it's a $200 book, so... Well, we didn't even talk about any of the other drama going on in the Star Wars world, so I think we did pretty good. Yeah, you know. I, I still haven't listened to the last episode of Rebel Force Radio. Um, I am kind of curious, though. Uh, yeah, but it's like morbid curiosity. So I, I've looked but not listened. Yeah, um, I was gonna listen to it this weekend, and then so I became a patron of this other podcast that I listened to called Tell Them Steve Dave, mm -hmm. which is a conversation podcast, kind of like what we do. Only they're probably better at it. <laughs> um, Shut your face. They're certainly funnier because they they try to like crack jokes. Um, uh, they they started a Patreon thing, um, and like promised all this bonus content for like five bucks a month. So I was like, oh, I like the show, and I I rarely buy any of the stuff they peddle. So um, I was like, oh, I can do five dollars a month for at least one extra podcast a week because I love the show. And so <laughs> they put up all this other bonus material that they had recorded. For like other projects like oh hey if you buy our dvd we have a special bonus pod with it or hey we're doing a fundraiser for this guy and you know we're recording it so you can pay money and get the bonus podcast and it'll go to this charity thing so they just uploaded all this material so i have like a hundred podcasts of theirs to listen to that i've never heard before oh my and god i love these guys uh huh. So it's been like, okay, no, my podcast listening is now just tell them Steve Dave. <laughs> well, it's funny. You guys sort of started a Patreon problem for me. And so I'd subscribe to the X Wing files on Patreon. 
But then um, Storm of Spoilers, a Joanna Robinson show that I really love with Dave Gonzalez, who I also really love, um, and Neil Miller, M- Neil Miller, who I've learned to love. Um, they uh, they have the most fantastic Slack group. That's app Slack, where it's like Twitter, but it's just people who are invited. And so that's part of the thing. If you subscribe, you come into their Slack, and it's like the nicest version of Twitter I've ever had. It's like Twitter from when Twitter first started. And it's wonderful, and but I also subscribe to them so I can get so I can see their Slack and talk to them directly. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of amazing the things that Patreon like can allow you to do if you have the fan base to do it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have the fan base yet, but which is a dang shame. Hopefully, one day we'll get there. So, and that can just be our jobs is to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, I was doing the math on it. And I was like, dang, like if at the lowest rate, you know, they're, you know, at least they're paying for their their stuff in a little bit. But like if people are buying at the medium and high rate, if there's a good mixture, there's like a solid income coming in for their podcast. Yeah, yeah uh, the Tell Them Steve Dave guys talked about it on their regular free podcast. Like I know, I don't know a number, but they've said before they get six figure downloads. So just figure low six figures that's a hundred thousand downloads so if you can get half of those people to pay you five dollars a month that's insane now i think they only have about three thousand people that went to their patreon but still it's pretty crazy it is it's just money in the bank um yeah i'm interested to see like i we will not make enough for it to affect taxes but I, i don't know where that fault like how do you claim that <laughs> yeah there's a whole thing about it i can talk to you about it I've, I've looked at it some it's it's not incredibly complicated most of the time unless you're like really big numbers like that then you can just write it off because what you have to spend to make the podcast work right right yeah. so it works itself out that's all that's definitely a boring conversation that nobody wants to hear but you well, should go, you go to patreon.com slash x files and support that show or that website, and that also supports this show. So. You really should, because like even if they do these commentaries on the on the episodes and stuff, and of different animated series, and they sometimes have their family members who are like little kids, and it's actually really funny. There's a great moment where your brother Avi interrupts the middle of a conversation. You guys are talking about the forces of destiny, which are like two and a half, three minute long little shorts, and you guys are having this conversation. And he goes, and that's the short. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> And it's like it's so charming and, and it's fun. And then you guys still talked about it and stuff. And I don't know. It's just really good. And then you also your show is fantastic. It's my favorite Star Wars podcast. Even when sometimes I'm like, dig your heels in, Logan, and start some trouble, but you won't do it. Um, I still really love it. Yeah, I just I'm I I have to be in the mood to argue with somebody, and arguing with family can be rough. So, although Ryan and I have. I don't think on that show, but definitely on Automatic for the People, I have not come to blows, but there's definitely been a moment where I'm like, what? Like, no, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? So, Well, this is the week I finally catch up on Automatic for the People. I'm starting that back tomorrow so I can see if I can catch up on all your Legion talk. I'm excited for that. So everybody go check that out, too. And if you want to support this podcast just specifically, just tell other people to listen to it. That's like we're not asking for like iTunes reviews or anything. 
just go, hey, I like this podcast. You should listen to it. These two doofuses like each other, and they just talk about stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's become my favorite thing to do. Don't tell Ryan. (laughs) God, now I really hope he doesn't listen. Um, Uh, We we still have a final.